0: Good morning, Boker Tov. Welcome back to our weekly 10 Minutes of Meaning. 10 Minutes of the Ramchal, 10 Minutes of Rav Moshe Chaim Lutzato's famous Mesilas Tisharim, the, the Path of the Just. 10 Minutes towards a Better You, 10 Minutes towards our Best Selves, 10 Minutes towards living the lives that we are meant to and trying to be able to live. I want to thank our generous sponsors of the series for the year, dear friends Lenny and Chani Grunstein, who sponsored in memory of Chani's beloved father, Mr. Aaron Tambor, Aaron Ben Yitzchak. Thank you so much for your generosity. If you'd like to sponsor a future particular class, please email lee at online.org lee at online.org We continue, we are in the 13th chapter, and the Ramchah of Moshe Chaim Lutzato has been going through the formula to living our best selves, the formula towards self-awareness, self-perfection. It began with Zehira's mindfulness, caution, being present in every thought, speech, and action. And moved to Zerizos. How can we identify goals and make resolutions in order to pursue them and in order to achieve them? And then we moved over to the area of Nikias. How to identify what's our kryptonite? What are the patterns, the triggers? Who are the people? What are the things that will bring us down if we don't anticipate them and navigate around them? If we don't seek to purge them and eliminate them from our own impulse and instinct? And that brings us up to the Midah of Precious, The concept of not abstinence, transcendence, trying to prove we can only live with, once we've proven we can live without. How to live a life of such discipline and dignity that we are the master over all of our impulse and instinct, to never give in to an appetite, a desire, a temptation, to be able to enjoy and appreciate everything in life because we know that we can live without it. When Nevar atas, let's explain, he says, Apresha atov Venomar. Let's define the type of abstinence that's good, the truth is we live in a world in which everything is a test for us. The whole world is a test. I would say from the moment we wake up in the morning, but the truth is it begins even before we wake up with the question of when and will and if we wake up at the time that we said we would when we went to sleep. We set an alarm, but then alarm goes off. Do we press snooze? How many times do we press snooze? Do we wake up even before the alarm goes off but reset it for later? We have all kinds of justifications. The later minions really a little slower. It's better. I don't really need minion. I dive in better when I'm at home alone. I need to sleep. I deserve it. I was up late doing something so virtuous and noble. God wants me to sleep. Maybe one day he does. Does he want that excuse each and every day? So even before we wake up in the morning, we confront a world of tests. Breakfast. What's it going to be? Are you doing intermittent fasting? Are you eating breakfast? What are you eating for breakfast? Are you loading up and packing up on carbs? Are you eating something which is healthy? Are you proud and disciplined in your eating? Are you eating the quantity you need? Are you eating to live or living to eat? The conversations that we're going to have, the business we're going to do, the interactions, what we look at and what we listen to and what we see and where we go and what we do, the entire world is Olam Nisyonos adam. It is a world that is filled with tests, there is no smooth sailing. It doesn't come easy for anybody. And for the person whose food is not their kryptonite, maybe the internet is. And for the person who's not tempted to look at or think about the things they shouldn't, maybe gossip or speech is their challenge. And as we spoke about earlier, says that we brought evidence. So, number one thing to understand if we're going to succeed in navigating the world is that it's a complicated world. It's a world of challenges. It's a world where we're going to be confronting our alter ego and our best selves. It's not simple. It's not simple. So if you go in thinking, you have all the answers. If you go in thinking, you're going to conquer the world. If you go in thinking, you're gonna move it to conquered territory and not to battleground, you are sadly mistaken and you'll learn the hard way, number one. Number two, we are really weak. you say, how could you say that? You're insulting all of mankind, all of us. You don't even know me, some of you are thinking. I don't, and I can tell you you're weak. And how do i know you're weak because we're all weak we're all weak he said earlier the ramchal maybe you weren't learning with us back then but the ramchal pointed out earlier think of how pathetic and lowly we are in so many ways of course we're still godly and we're god capable and we have tremendous potential but we're also in any other ways very pathetic and very lowly and here's the example he gives an animal encounters something harmful or dangerous a threat And the animal recoils, the animal learns, and the animal doesn't go back for more. But the human being experiences something which is a danger or a threat, something which compromises or corrupts, and the individual says, May I have another? And so we know the consequences of what we eat, what we look at, how we speak, how we react in anger or rage, whether we act with jealousy or envy. We know the consequences. We can see the damage that we leave in our wake, the relationships that we have to repair, our emotional, spiritual, physical health that we need to improve. And yet, we go back again. May I have another. A reflection of just how weak we are. And as superior as we feel we are to animals in some ways, we are utterly inferior. The animal knows and yet, we don't. So if you approach a world and you know, the more things I get hooked on, the more things that I get fixated on, the more things I come to enjoy and add to my repertoire of what I need, be it a incredibly inflated price of coffee, at a coffee house I have to stop at on my way to and from work and go into debt because I can't afford it because I'm paying a 1000% markup on a cup of coffee I can make at home or in my office. Now, if you can afford that and that's how you want to spend your money, more power to you. But if you're on tuition assistance or dues adjustment at shul, if you're barely eking by at home, if you're depriving someone in your life something that they want because you're feeding your fix for something, which is an indulgence, then you have to ask yourself who's really in charge? Who really controls who? Who really owns what? So we have to look at every aspect of our life and realize that only when we can practice abstinence, you want to indulge in that in that luxury. And luxury can be an overinflated price of coffee. A luxury could be one of the finer things in life, a food or beverage. A luxury could be clothing. A luxury could be whatever we offer or provide ourselves. But if we can't live without it, if it's gotten to the point that we need it, we go into debt for it. We go into debt in our relationships with people in order to have it, then we have to ask ourselves, who owns what? Abstinence is the way that we express our ownership. Abstinence, the capacity to live with discipline, means I can have it, maybe I can even afford it, but I'm not going there. I'm not doing it. Why? Because I need to prove that I don't need it, that I don't need it. There is no worldly pleasure that in its wake does not attract also some other form of harmful behavior. There is no worldly pleasure that if you overindulge, that if you immerse yourself in it indiscriminately, not judiciously, there is no worldly pleasure that if you just pursue it and live it and enjoy it and you say, Carpe diem, that it's not going to haunt you, that it's not going to follow up after you with some poor decision. A good friend of mine who I admire greatly in these weeks of Shovavim, we're still in this period that we're trying to be working on our sense of discipline, on exactly what we're learning about. Shuvuvim is an acronym, Shmoz ve'irebo b'shalchi yisram mishpatim, the weeks that we read those Torah portions in Shul, the Ariza said, based on the Pasuk, Shuvu banim Shovavim, it's a time auspicious, predisposed, for us to return, to elevate ourselves with a sense of holiness to be much more, much more than even we think we can be. So a dear friend of mine I admire told me that in the weeks of Shovem he took upon himself and so far he is fulfilling it, that he's never watching anything, TV, movie or video on his phone without his wife. And why did he do that? What he meant to say is, not necessarily true for everybody, but in his case, he's confident that anything he watches with his wife will not be inappropriate. He won't have regret, guilt or shame, he won't feel bad about himself. But he's equally confident that if he doesn't make that promise and pledge to only watch when his wife is with him, that he may easily come to find himself watching something, whether intentionally or unintentionally, because of the brilliance of these social media and these video streams and these apps and sources that that one just goes into the next, into the next, into the next, and it doesn't play the, the video that's not likely to get your attention or get you to stay with it. It, it kicks in the next video that's going to enormously want, make you want to stay. So he has enough self-awareness to know that if I watch without my wife, that's when I get into trouble. That's Precious. So Precious means, who says you can't watch something legitimate, you can't watch something pure, you can't watch something even appropriate by yourself? Who says you can't watch sports or a documentary or watch news or watch something even when you're by yourself? Who says? There's no law, there's no moral code that says you can't and you're not doing anything wrong if you do. And yet, Precious means I've identified where I can go wrong and just because something is permissible doesn't mean it's smart, doesn't mean I should, doesn't mean it won't lead me down a path that ultimately I'll live with regret, guilt and shame. Derek Mushal, and here's an example, we'll just start with this and pick it up. When it comes to food and drink, if you make sure your food and drink are kosher, you make a bracha, a blessing, before and after, I already made my bracha, my coffee is kosher. It cost about three cents, by the way, my, my coffee here. And uh, it's kosher. I made my bracha before. It's a debate whether you make a bracha after a cup of coffee. It's a hot beverage. Do you drink enough in enough of a time span for another time? So it's perfectly permissible. They're mutter. Aval, omnam, however, prekasa'ol. Filling your stomach leads you to rebelliousness. <speaking in Hebrew> Where does it say you can't have wine? glass of wine every night its good for the heart. Where does it say you can't finish a bottle every night? You cannot point to a paragraph in the Code of Jewish Law that says you're not allowed to have a bottle of wine. doesn't say you can't have a cup of coffee, but I tell you, you know how many people try to wean themselves off coffee? They can't exist without it, what their fast days look like? Have you ever spoken to somebody who normally drinks coffee but didn't get their coffee that morning? What do you think that shell and bias looks like? How do you think that parenting and that carpool and getting the kids off to school looks like? So coffee is perfectly permissible, but should practice precious. Once in a while, skip the cup. Once in a while, go a week or go a couple days without the coffee. Why? Punishing yourself? Punitive? No. In order to prove we don't need it because anything that we need, anything that we become addicted to and absorbed in, when it owns us, we are not our best selves. To be our best selves, we have to be able to live transcendent. We have to be able to leave, live without. And that's what this Midah of Precious is all about. We'll pick up with it, please, God, next week. Until then, stay happy, stay healthy, stay holy. Please subscribe to our channel on YouTube to find out all when our classes go live. Tonight, behind the beam at 9 p.m., Sivan Rahav Meir. We have a fantastic show with her. She'll be waking up very early in Israel and a very special appearance by an enormous Jewish music star, as well. very exciting show 9 o'clock. First at 8:45 is Living with the Moon, I hope to see everybody there. Have a phenomenal, phenomenal day.